You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A very happy Friday to you all. Welcome into the Locked On Cougars podcast. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. We are going to talk about 2012 in BYU football history as part of the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. We'll also catch up with BYU defensive lineman Atunaisa Mahe. Also goes by Nice Mahe. He'll explain which he prefers and you'll hear that exclusive conversation on today's show. And of course, we'll round out the week with everything else you need to know as a BYU fan. Women's soccer in action last night and getting ready for a big showdown in SEC country tomorrow. We'll dig into all of that ahead on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over the Locked On College Football Channel, and in particular, the Power 5 Conference shows. If you have an interest in the ACC, Big 12, Big 10, SEC, or the Pac-12, we have a daily podcast focused on each of those Power 5 conferences You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado, though, let's get going here on a Friday and talk some Cougar football and who knows what else. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for August 20th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. And a huge thank you to all of you for your support of the show, especially those of you who have entered to win a pair of tickets to watch BYU and Utah square off in the Holy War on September 11th. The response so far, and and by the way, if you haven't heard what we're doing for this giveaway, we want to hear why you guys think you deserve to be in the stadium there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on September 11th to watch BYU as they endeavor to end the nine-game losing streak to the University of Utah. It's really simple. Reach out via social media, Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can send in your submission there, or you can email the show, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com, or you can DM me on Twitter as well. Jacob C. Hatch is my Twitter handle. Love hearing from you guys, and the response has been great so far. We'll be picking the winner of those tickets. We'll give you a two-week lead time on that game. So August 30th is my planned day to give them away. So that'll be a a week from Monday. So a week from the 23rd, this coming Monday, we'll give those tickets away. We'll give you some two-week lead time to determine if you're coming from out of state, etc. A number of you have already indicated that you hope to be coming to Utah anyways, and We'd love to attend that game, but you still have time to enter to win those tickets. And as I mentioned, I purchased a pair of season tickets to BYU football. So if you don't win the tickets against the University of Utah, don't fret. We will have six other games, or no, five other games, excuse me, to give tickets away to. And we're going to have some fun with this. It's going to be a season-long thing. Every home game for BYU, there will be a giveaway for a pair of tickets. So if you don't win against, win the tickets to see Utah, not win against, if you don't win the tickets to see BYU in Utah, well, you know what? We'll still have you covered maybe at some point down the road this season because there's a lot of good games on the home slate if we're being honest with ourselves. Like the very following week uh, following Utah, it's Arizona State. So I don't think there's necessarily a bad game on the slate. It's always fun to go watch football, especially Lavelle Edwards Stadium, one of the finest uh, settings for a college football game in the entire country. I'm not just speaking for myself. I've heard multiple national reporters and the like indicate as such. So 
some fun stuff going on there. And like I said, still time to enter to win in particular the BYU versus Utah tickets. It's a pair of tickets to that game. They're not great seats. They're nosebleed, but you will be in the stands, hopefully celebrating a BYU win over the Utes. Now, on to other business on today's show. We're going to catch up with Atu Naisa or Naisa Mahe in just a little bit. But today, we're going to start off with the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. And today, we're talking about the year 2012 for the BYU football program. And a very interesting year because there are seasons, and we've talked about these in the past three or four months we've been doing this countdown. We've started this back in April. It's crazy to think it's been that long, but it's been a blast to do. But we have talked along the way about some of those quote-unquote what-if seasons for the BYU football program. And I feel like 2012 very much is in the mix for one of those what-ifs. What if things had panned out differently? How different might that year have been for the BYU football program? And allow me to explain why I think 2012 is that situation. It's because of how things went this year. BYU opened the year hosting Washington State and new head coach Mike Leach at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Cougars, speaking of the Wazoo Cougars, very much still in flux, trying to get things integrated. And BYU took care of business with Riley Nelson at the helm at quarterback, 30-6. to Oh, by the way, Jake Heaps had transferred during this offseason, making Riley Nelson the guy at quarterback for BYU. But then what I believe uh, became the big what-if factor in the season the following week, when BYU hosted Weaver State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Riley Nelson was scrambling on a play and took a hit that, and I, I, I say this because Riley Nelson has acknowledged it, he broke his back, folks. He had multiple fractures, I'm not saying uh, in his spinal column, but in his back there were multiple fractures, and he was really hurt, honestly. And BYU still won that game 45-13, to but it was like a state secret. What's the status of Riley Nelson? Because the following week, BYU was ranked number 25 going into a showdown at Utah Rice-Eccles Stadium. This was a big-time showdown against the Utes, and BYU did not get effective quarterback play, but still came very close to beating the University of Utah, losing that game 24-21. It's one of those things that maybe if Riley Nelson is healthy, you actually win that game. I, like I said, this is a lot of what-ifs in this, because BYU rallied late. Jamal Williams had a touchdown run, and then Kane Akua Friel caught a touchdown pass from a very hampered Riley Nelson, it felt like, to make it 24-21 in the final uh, standings of this game. But it just seems like if Riley Nelson had ultimately been healthy, things might have been a little bit different. BYU probably stays in the national rankings. Well, the following week, BYU went to Boise State to take on the number 24-ranked Boise State Broncos up there at Albertson Stadium. And one of the finest, maybe the finest defensive stand I've ever seen on the one-yard line came in this game. And BYU's defense just refused to let Boise State do much of anything. But the low-scoring game was won 7-6, and it was in part Actually, not in part. It was because of a pick six by a defensive lineman, Michael Atkinson, if you can remember this, a 36-yard interception return, uh, gave Boise State the 7-0 lead in the third quarter. This game just was absolutely bogged down. Taysom Hill scored the only touchdown for BYU in the fourth quarter of this game. They decided to go for two and try and get the victory. The pass failed, and BYU ends up falling 7-6. to One of those great what-ifs, because this 2012 season, and I'm just going to interject here, the defense that BYU had on the field during 2012, led by Kyle Van Noy, Brandon Ogletree, you had Ezekiel Ziggy Ansah finally really breaking into what he could do as a football player. 
the defense that BYU had in the 2012 season was good enough to win at least 10 games, in my opinion. The ineffective quarterback play hampered by the fact that Riley Nelson was not fully healthy for a large stretch of the season very much was part of that. So BYU loses at Utah and at Boise State to drop to 2-2. Two and two. Then they host Hawaii in Provo, shut out the Rainbow Warriors 47-0. Then the following week, offensive issues return as BYU grinds out a 6-3 win over Utah State. Folks, I'm telling, folks, I'm telling you, the offense in, the, in these games is just abysmal, honestly. It's just absolutely abysmal. J.D. Falsliff caught a touchdown pass from Taysom Hill in the second quarter, which proved uh, to be the winning difference. Uh, the first quarter is when Utah State got their lone points of this game. So offense came at a premium for BYU in this season. Then they faced Oregon State, lost 42-24. to So BYU is sitting at 4-3 and halfway through their season. Then they go to Notre Dame. And you want to talk about a what-if? What if Riley Nelson had been able to hit a wide open Cody Hoffman that was streaking down the field and Riley Nelson just overshot it by miles, it felt like. I was actually in the stands that day. I made the trip to Notre Dame to watch BYU take on the Fighting Irish, and I still contend, had BYU been able to complete that pass, they upset Notre Dame, who, by the way, went to the national championship game that year. Uh, Manti Teo, obviously, on that team. But they lose 17-14, to dropping their record to 4-4. Four and four. They bounce back with victories at Georgia Tech, 41-17, to and then they smash Idaho, 52-13, to to make themselves bowl eligible. Then the final two games of the year have one of the biggest disappointing wins in the early part of the independent era for BYU. A loss at San Jose State, 20-14. to And... I know that David Fells was the quarterback. Uh, the Tuitapo brothers from Orem, Utah were on that team. But losing to San Jose State was just abysmal. I know there are a lot of my friends out there who know that uh, what we talked about during that game, and it's still of legend, some of the reactions to that loss. And then BYU went to New Mexico State and finished off the season with a 50-14 to victory. And this is where the legend of James Lark comes into play because Riley Nelson had been injured in this game. James Lark finally gets his lone start as a quarterback at BYU, and proceeds just absolutely to obliterate the Aggies in this game. Lark went 34-50 for 384 yards and six touchdowns against zero interceptions. We all know that NMSU is not that good, but still, just a great performance for a guy that, like James Lark, who had just kind of been sitting on BYU's bench for many, many years, never really got the opportunity. Many maybe felt like he probably deserved But then BYU gets their bowl invite. They go back to San Diego, a place they're very familiar with in their bowl history, where they will face off against San Diego State in the Poinsettia Bowl on December 20th. Now, this game very much was a slog as well until Kyle Van Noy said, you know what, if this offense can't do it, I will do it myself. And that's exactly what he did. Kyle Van Noy had maybe his finest performance as a player in a BYU uniform. And trust me, there were many of them. But Kyle Van Noy got a strip sack for a touchdown. Also a 17-yard interception return, both in the fourth quarter. Uh, That sandwiched a Jamal Williams 14-yard touchdown run to give BYU the 23-6 victory. This was a game going into the fourth quarter that San Diego State had led 6-3. BYU's offense during 2012, just never was able to get untracked. It just seemed like, okay, what's going on here? And James Lark uh, did play in this game. I Maybe I missed that. Did he start a second game at BYU? But nonetheless, he had two interceptions as compared to the six touchdowns 
he had notched against New Mexico State. I had completely spaced it. James Lark actually was the quarterback of note in this game. But nonetheless, 2012 to me is one of those seasons. Had BYU gotten better quarterback play, more efficient offensive play overall, what could have been for this team? It's one of those questions that I will always have. They finished the year 8-5, and five, but I'm telling you folks, you beat uh, Notre Dame, you maybe have better quarterback play against Utah and Boise State and win those games, and suddenly 8-5 and five is a 10-11 or 11 win season, and how different does that feel, and how different might the perception of independence had been had BYU put together back-to-back 10-plus win seasons in their first two years as an FBS independent? I will concede that the schedule was not stellar, but there were still some very uh, big opportunities there seemingly that BYU missed out on in that season. But tomorrow we'll talk about 2013. If you lose that, what I felt like was a generational type defense from 2012, but how did things go in 2013? We'll dig into that on tomorrow's podcast. Coming up next, we are going to catch up with Atu Naisamahe, BYU nose tackle. What does he make of his guys that are playing with him along that defensive line? And what does he do to bounce back from a season that he lost last year to a rather scary medical condition? We'll allow him to explain all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. They have absolutely unique and delicious flavors across the board. Whether you're a guy that likes chocolate flavors, nut flavors, or if you like fruit flavors, They've got it all for you guys. They're soft and easy to chew. They taste legitimately like a candy bar. I have never craved a protein bar until I had a built Bar, and I, I will attest to that. You want me to swear on anything, I will attest to that. The best part about built Bars is they're tasty, but more importantly, they're healthy too. Between 17 to 18 grams of protein crammed into those bars, calories ranging from just 130 to 180 calories, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar overall, and just 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So as I said, all of the flavors tasty, all of them healthy. You can go to Built.com right now. And by the way, a new limited time flavor just debuted called Pistachio. Yeah, if you like pistachio, this is your chance to try it. I have not had the opportunity to try it quite yet, but I have already placed my order. I'm looking forward to having that on my doorstep very soon to give that a shot. While you're there at Built.com, though, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. You heard that right. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCK15 at Built.com and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar. We've been talking a lot about BYU football history here on the podcast all summer long. You guys all know about the 1984 National Championship team from BYU, but did you know there was another championship team formed in Utah County that very same year? Yes, that is our friends over at First Colony Mortgage. First Colony Mortgage is your full-service mortgage lender, meaning from beginning to end, everything is taken care of by the First Colony team when it comes to your housing needs. Zach Hicken is our loan officer over at First Colony for the Locked On Cougars podcast. Any financing you might need for your home, Zach is there to take care of you guys. He's a dear friend, a former media member making the transition to the home loans business. And I'll tell you what, I know that Zach is there to take care of you guys. Whether you're looking to get into a new home, capitalize on your home's equity with a cash out refinance, or you want to take advantage of low rates, Zach is there to walk you through every step of the loan process. Reach out to him directly at 801-380-0752. 801-380-0752 or go to his website hickenhomeloans.com that's h-i-c-k-e-n homeloans.com great company and Zach by the way 
just the salt of the earth. One of my favorite people in the entire world. So check it out, guys. That's Zach Hicken, NMLS 205-2216. First Colony Mortgage, NMLS 3112. First Colony Mortgage is an equal housing lender. And First Colony Mortgage is a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Joined now by BYU defensive lineman Atunaisa Mahe. And Atunaisa, let's start there. Do you prefer Atunaisa or just Nisa? Uh, either. Either one. I grew up Atunaisa. You know, my parents are mad at me. They call me Atunaisa. Everyone mostly just calls me Nisa for short. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Nisa, let's start here. Last year, really weird year for you, obviously, with the health scare that you endured. Uh, can you just kind of rehash what happened exactly? Yeah, so, uh, well, typically just after, you know, a normal day of workout, went home and just uh, started to notice my body wasn't feeling right. Went upstairs and then my left side of my body went numb, essentially. And then I went, you know, got sent to the hospital and they told me that I was diagnosed with uh, this thing called venous thrombosis, which is pretty much just a blood clot in the vein. So not like a blood clot in the artery, just like a stroke. But um, really similar, but less uh, less of a threat to my life than a stroke would be. Well, it's a pretty scary deal all the same, though, because blood clots are nothing you want to mess with. It knocked you out for the entirety of last year. Uh, just kind of tell our audience, what was kind of your mindset as you kind of went through all of this over the past year or so? You know, it, it, was, um, it was really hard. I remember... I remember when uh, that first happened to my body when I first started to feel numb. The first, the very first thing that came to my head is like, man, I won't be able to play football. So I was really devastated, and especially you know getting the protocol of not being able to lift as much as you know like five pounds. I wasn't able to do that. No physical activity. So it was really devastating. But at the same time, I knew for, for what I wanted is I, I still wanted to come back and I wanted to play. And so that was my mindset the whole time, and uh, just grateful that things are. Uh, turned in my favor. Oh, so you weren't able to lift at all then. Uh, how much did that uh, mess with your overall strength then? Well, you know, a lot. I feel like, you know, that's that's something that I'm always doing every day, uh, lifting, but I, I couldn't lift as much as five pounds and wasn't able to run at all for a couple, uh, you know, a good like five, six months. So it was um, just a lot of uh, inactivity and body getting stiffened up and getting, you know, Adding extra weight, uh, but really grateful for strength and conditioning staff. You know, really come a long way since then. Um, but yeah, that's what happened. So, when were you officially cleared to essentially resume lifting, resume just football activities overall? Um, as, uh, it was like right in between spring ball, kind of of uh, of uh, I would say yeah, of this uh, previous year. So all of, yeah, so in the middle of spring ball is when they officially said, hey, you can start, like, lifting, actually. So I started going out and doing rehab. I would start with, like, 25 pounds, then go 35, then eventually plate. And uh, now I'm, you know, back in full strength and good to go. How long did it take before you felt like you were back to full strength? Uh, it, it, it took uh, quite a few, you know, a few months. So starting in January and then all the way down until now, I'd say about a month ago is when I felt like my body was just starting to get back to where it used to be. And uh, I feel even better than, than, than before. So I'm uh, super excited. 
Well, it's good to hear. Uh, Uriah Leitao, I don't know if you heard this, but he told the media, this is probably a week or so ago, that he believes you are stronger than Kairos Tonga. Is there any truth to that? Oh, man. You know, I, I do, I do not, I would not say that I am stronger than Kairos, but me and him, you know, I look at him as a mentor, especially when he's here, uh, always uh, teaching me, you know, with technique and also, you know, uh, lifting. That guy's just naturally strong. And then, you know, I was always trying to match up to his level. So, I, man, yeah, no, he's definitely strong. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I also wanted to talk to you about just how camp is going overall. You're playing to that nose tackle position. How have you felt as you've gone through about two or so weeks of camp so far? I'd say... You know, super nervous, but also just really excited to get to work, uh, especially with all the talent that we have at the D-line and the depth. Um, you know, Gabe Summers, Earl, Toyota Mariner. Um, we also have a lot of young guys and also Pepe and people at the DM like Alden. So I was just super excited. And then, you know, getting fit to it probably like a week or two, it was a kind of, you know, just trying to get back into the balance of things. But as of now, I'm feeling really good. Um, I feel like as far as nose goes, I know my technique. I know my uh, my position really well. And so I've just been trying to play it as, as well as possible. What's it been like working with Caden Hawes? Yes, and especially Caden Hawes. Um, he, you know, especially coming from offensive line, he knows a lot about, you know, the offensive technique and the scheme and hole. So he's a very smart player, very stout. Uh, you know, it'd always be me, him, and Kyrus at the first uh, – uh, always lifting and benching the same amount. Oh, well, not benching tires actually. Tires takes blows away in <laughs> that. But Hayden Hawes, I I love it. I love it. He's just like a mentor to me, and uh, we work really good together. I also wanted to ask you about some of the guys playing alongside you. One in particular, well, actually two in particular. We'll start off with this one. Uh, Jacob Paulu, a guy uh, walk-on from Timview High School. What have you seen from him? I see a lot of potential in Jacob. He is uh, very naturally physical, um, has a knack for just being, you know, for overpowering people. Uh, I, you know, still really young with uh, understanding scheme and knowing the plays, but he's, he's, he's coming along really well. And similar question about Joshua Singh. He's a guy I watched at the prep level. I actually watched you play at the prep level as well. I felt like both of you guys, maybe not the tallest guys on the field, but you guys are very, very good players. You just great technique. Is that kind of your assessment of Josh? Yeah, Josh uh, has really impressed uh, us on the D-line as a whole. Um, he, you know, from a young buck coming up and, and playing with the big boys, he's doing really well with technique. He's, he's uh, getting the plays down really well, very smart. And yeah, he has he has a lot of potential. I feel like he 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 will be a good guy coming up. So really excited to see him play. I know you like to rep your hometown of West Jordan. How cool is that for you to be uh, coming from Salt Lake Valley, from a high school that doesn't traditionally produce a lot of D one talent, but to represent them at the FBS level? You know, it, it's an honor. Uh, it really is. It's an honor, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to represent West Jordan. I have a lot of nephews and little brother who was playing over there currently and you know I feel like you know there's a lot of pride coming from West Jordan and uh, I feel like there'll be a lot of talent coming out of there soon so I'm just grateful 
And why the number 62? It's an interesting number for a defensive lineman. Can you give us some insight as to why you wear that number? Man, originally it was um, it was because uh, my, my coach in high school wanted me to play offensive defense. Fortunately, well, I mean, I wish I would have played, but fortunately I stuck to just defense and it's kind of just been a number. And also I remember watching uh, uh, 62, uh, last name Taele. He was uh Logan Tyler, right? Yeah, Logan Tyler. He was he was a dominant D line, and hopefully, I can do justice with his number. Uh, you know, play up to the level that he played up to. That's so awesome. I just kept I just kept with it. No one really wanted it, so. <laughs> it's a unique number, so I don't think yeah you won't have a lot of competition for that one. I I, I wouldn't imagine. But uh, one last question for you, Nice is I just wanted to ask you in terms of do you have individual goals you want to accomplish this year? Or are you more of a team oriented guy? What are you looking to do in twenty twenty one? No, I feel like a lot of uh, everyone on the team is very team oriented, um, but we also know that you know in order to as a team we also have to be successful individually with our goals to the team effort in the whole so I, I'm just super excited to be able to play again um, very grateful that you know this is the Lord's plan for me to uh, you know touch the ball touch the field again um, but I feel like collectively as a D-line we just want to dominate we want to play hard and you know we want to get we want to get those dubs so well, Nisa, best of luck in the upcoming season. It's not far off here, just around two weeks to go, and we're looking forward to it and hope to catch up with you down the road, okay? Sounds good. Thanks for the interview. Thank you, Dick. There you go, Nisa Mahe, and a huge thank you to him for taking the time to join us, and it's just great to hear that he is feeling like himself once again, a very scary situation to have a blood clot in your vein versus an artery. Obviously nothing to trifle with, and it's just great to see him actually back out there on the field because things could have been a lot different, it sure seems like. But a big thank you once again to him for taking the time to join us here on the show. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll wrap up the week with everything else you need to know from BYU Sports. Women's soccer opening their season at Southfield last night. We'll dig into how things went for the Cougars. We'll also talk a little bit about the Built Bar announcement that came last week. Just how impactful was it in the social media realm? Well, there are some numbers out there courtesy of BYU, and I think they might stun you how big that announcement really hit in the world of sports and just the world at large. We'll dig into that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Of course, it's that time of year, folks. A week from tomorrow, we have week zero action in college football. It is here. Football is back. And Bet Online, of course, is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including their half million dollar NFL mega contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, which are both open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device now to sign up and receive your welcome bonus as well using the promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag. Be sure also to take advantage of the opening day super promo. What they're asking you is to make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Yeah, no risk up to $25, folks. Give it a shot. That's Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, before we go here on a Friday edition of the podcast, first want to say congratulations to the BYU women's soccer program opening their season in fine fashion, beating Ohio State 3-0 there at Southfield last night. Michaela Coulihan notching a brace in the first half with a goal in the 6th and the 40th minutes before Ellie Mon added the third insurance goal 
late in the match. Huge win for them. They now make the quick trip to Auburn, Alabama to take on the Auburn Tigers tomorrow. Best of luck to them in that match. Uh, hopefully they can come home at 2-0 on the season. Really, really stout non-conference schedule for Jennifer Rockwood and her squad. But all the same, best of luck to them. Now, one thing before we go here on today's show, and a very interesting comment coming from media availability yesterday with Dallin Holker. Well, I'm going to let you hear the clip, and maybe you can pick out what exactly I'm going to talk about. Here you go. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty crazy. I remember uh, when I when I left, actually, to go on my mission, Zach texted me, and he's like, oh, like, congrats, like, I'll see you later and stuff. And I was like, I was like yeah, at least we'll get one more year when I get back. And then he's, he texted me back saying that we're not going to get another year. So that shows the confidence that he had in himself. But it was pretty crazy. I remember my parents calling me and telling me, like, yeah, he's projected to go top 10. And then it was, like, top two. It was super cool, and I'm super ha- uh, happy for him. All right, my friends. Did Dallin Holker say or indicate there that Zach Wilson essentially told him back in 2018, 2019 that he was essentially calling his shot? He was going to the NFL. They weren't ever going to play together again. Well, it sure sounds that way and very interesting. Unfortunately, we weren't able to follow up on that to specify exactly when that text was sent to Dallin Holker. But wow, that's talk about some self-belief from Mr. Wilson himself and obviously make good on it. Number two pick in the NFL draft now playing for the New York Jets. And by the way, best of luck to all the former Cougars in action this weekend as they get ready for their second week of preseason games. And obviously best of luck to all of the recruits that BYU is recruiting on the high school front prep action all across the state of Utah and throughout the Western United States. And just, I guess the entire United States overall And best of luck to all of them. If you want to hear me, by the way, on the call, be part of Game Night Live Rewind. I'll be calling Bishop Alamany against Lone Peak. We're talking upwards of 15 to 16 guys who are national level recruits, three and four star talents. Uh, Bishop Alamany out of Mission Hills, California, one of the best teams in Southern California this year. So we'll be on kslsports.com streaming live. Should be a fun night, and we'll be on at 7 o'clock tonight if you want to check that out once again at kslsports.com. All right, that is going to do it for this Friday edition of the podcast. Once again, follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. You can follow my personal Twitter feed if you want to do so. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, feel free to weigh in via email by emailing us lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address. All right, have a great weekend, folks. Looking forward to catching up with you guys again on Monday. BYU football will scrimmage tomorrow. What will we learn from media availability? I'm not anticipating a lot, but we will talk about it on Monday all the same. And coming up next week, uh, an exclusive conversation with BYU offensive line coach Daryl Funk that you will not want to miss as well. So plenty to get to, and I hope you guys have some fun this weekend, regardless of wherever you might be. All right, have a good one. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 20th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys on Monday.